0: Trust in money remains the bedrock of stability. The soul of money is trust.
1: I I think we are not paying
0: sufficient attention to the law of unintended consequences.
2: In the immortal words of the doors, hesitate us through
1: Phil, Quinn Icarus how's it going? Awesome and thank you so much for having me on your show, (laughs) D I think it's very cool You're welcome, man. It's my,
0: believe me me when I say it's my pleasure.
1: I appreciate it, man. Like I was telling you before we started recording, I'm I'm always humbled. Like this is, for me, it's always cool to just sit down with another Bitcoiner and shoot the shit and see where it goes.
0: Yes, sir. That's exactly the whole point, right? It's, um, it's It's a pleasure unto itself. I mean, I was telling you off air that I used to follow Simply Bitcoin quite a lot when you were on it. And then you switch to Pleb Underground and I follow that. And honestly, it's like, it's cool to just meet or at least connect with the kind of people that have helped shape and develop your own thinking in and around this thing that we're all mildly obsessed about, quite obsessed about. It's
2: not (laughs) an
1: obsession. (laughs) It's It's, It's a very, listen, it's a very passionate pastime.
0: Right, sane, rational.
1: A lot of time. (laughs) Exactly.
0: It's look. It's one of the most intellectually stimulating things. It is ever in my life that I've ever encountered, without a doubt. So I'm happy to be obsessed about it, to be honest, because it's just so many different things to think about when
1: you when you uh, engage, right? That's absolutely right. It touches it touches almost every facet, and because because it is well, again philosophically right depending on what you believe um because it is a way for us to store our value into the future right something that the government can't fuck with well that means it touches every person whether they want to admit it or not so
2: exactly it's uh, as as safe says it's it's like gunpowder well
1: oh, i like that i like that how long ago did he say that <laughs> I don't know.
0: There was a clip doing <laughs> no, the rounds recently. You know. he was mentioning oh, okay. yeah, is sort of comparing it to gunpowder. I mean, obviously, not storing your value, but just the fact that <laughs> you either need to, you know, get with the program, or I don't know, someone will shoot you in the face. <laughs> I don't know. Is that the metaphor?
1: I don't know. I, you know what? I'll go take a look. I'll, I'll go see if I could find it. I'm sure he tweeted it out somewhere. Yeah,
0: you, you'll be able to find it. I can, I can send it to you after the, after the rip. Uh, no problem.
1: How did you discover Bitcoin? Uh, the famous story, right? The the rabbit hole story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So oh, yeah. We'll, we'll dive into it. So it, it's kind of like, you know, like Bitcoin is a sly roundabout way <laughs> to kind of subvert the government, you know, or subvert the, the money printer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I came to Bitcoin in a sly, roundabout way as well. Um, originally, originally, one of my friends um, who used to hack—this is this is going back to 2011—used to hack um, satellite dishes. He told me about this thing that that some people were talking about that he heard about, like some new kind of internet money, right? So the typical conversation: "Oh, it's going to be internet money." I'm like, "Yeah, who cares? <laughs> like nobody cares about this." Um, and then after that, I ended up moving. I ended up relocating from Canada to the US. And one of my coworkers, okay, one of my coworkers who's a boomer, by the way, because everybody likes to make fun of the boomers, Gen Xer. <laughs> and he starts talking to me about Bitcoin and asking me if I've, you know, if, if I've looked into it. And of course, I gave him the same speech. You know, I'm like, uh, it's, it's all bullshit. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and he, you know, he, Continued to, you know, because the thing is, is that he and I had had many philosophical conversations about, you know, beliefs, you know, your, you know, religion and stuff like that. So he he knew that I'm I, I kind of have these uh, quote unquote anti-government leanings, right, or or anarchist leanings, and in his mind, it, it seemed strange that I wasn't into this and that yeah. I thought it was, <laughs> you know, so yep. so anyway, so essentially, like. He's the one that really kept, you know, bringing it up, sending me links about it, telling me like little tidbits about it. And I was like, at the time, okay, so in the background, all of this is happening. I still have uh, student loans in Canada. So I'm dealing with the banking system in Canada, dealing Mm -hmm. with the, you know, I just moved to the States. So I'm dealing with, you know, creating myself an identity so that I can get bank accounts so that I can, you know, interact with the rest of the system. Right. So it's like, as you're going through this, you're also learning about Bitcoin and you're like, wow, you're like, I, I could just have this Mm -hmm. and that's it, you know, (laughs) and I can just use this and I don't have to go through any of this bullshit. But, but the point is, is that as we all know, right, the system is the way it is. And we all sadly interact for the most part, you know, with fiat, especially when you're dealing with, with normies, obviously if you're dealing with other Bitcoiners, then, you know, you can, you could just do P2P, but you know, when you're going to go to the corner store, chances are you're swiping your debit card. But anyways, my point is, is that I had to transfer money, uh, back and forth from Canada to the U S and I was using PayPal, (laughs) um, ironically enough to do this because you you simply paid their little exchange rate and their little fee. And then I would uh, essentially I would move my U.S. money to my PayPal account, convert it to Canadian dollars, and then um, withdraw that to my Canadian account. Mm-hmm. And PayPal decided one day to stop allowing me to do this. Hmm. So this was my yes, this was my first foray into this, and I was like, "You can just make take my money hostage. I'm like that's it. I I can't move it anymore." So I called PayPal, and they explained to me that there's nothing they can do and they couldn't tell me why I wasn't allowed to do this Mm. so this is not right like this is this is just ridiculous Mm -hmm. so that was my first like okay this system well I shouldn't say this was my first this was this was my first like cross-border type of issue uh that I had I had already previously had problems with the banking system when I was 18 years old where one of my employers um was scamming and essentially um didn't uh, essentially just wasn't paying the company that was paying the payroll. So all of a sudden, one month of checks bounced and the bank, um, you know, took it out on me, of course, and froze all my assets, right? froze my account and everything. So anyways, I'm not, yeah. So like I had already been pretty pissed off with the banking system, right? And then I had this, this PayPal thing happen to me and I'm like, that's it. I'm like, I'm diving into Bitcoin, right? Like I'm, I'm going in. So now we're talking about like 2013, okay? Uh-huh. 2013, 2014. And I got to be honest, I took a look at it again. And I was like, this is way too fucking complicated. I just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, like to me, man, like I had to go sign, like it was weird. Like at the time, I remember I had to go and wire money to somebody or something. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, I'm sure this is legit. I'm like, but there's probably more legit ways to do it. I, you know, I didn't know you could mine it or anything back then. And, you know, I, I didn't know anything right so in my head i had just created this whole scenario that it was just a, a total scam so anyways um now we fast forward to like 2014 2015 and um so you know like i smoke weed and uh in in massachusetts at the time at the time it you know it wasn't legal and so you know you'd go and you'd have a you'd have to go meet somebody right you'd have a frictional type of situation where you have to meet somebody and make that interaction happen. And so for me, coming from Canada, coming from a place where nobody cares about that, okay, like your life doesn't get ruined if you smoke weed. You know, like you, you don't sure? end up in <laughs> Well, you know what I, I'm I'm saying, like your life doesn't get ruined in the sense of like you don't end up in jail for it.
0: Oh, right? Don't, you don't, don't
1: sweat that stops you from having an employment. Now, of course, if that's all you do and you know you don't do anything productive, that's a whole other type of ruining your life. But I'm talking about in terms of the legal sense, Nobody cared. Okay, yeah. like it just even though you know what I mean. Like even though there was laws, like just nobody cared. But when you go to the states, the states is a different place. Okay, like states, like you're gonna end up, you're gonna end up in jail. Like bad things are gonna happen to you. You know. So anyways, land of the free, so, baby, I'm, let's go. I'm sorry.
0: Land of the free, baby, let's go.
1: Right, land of the free. Just do what we say. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> you are free but, to uh, do as we tell you.
1: <laughs> that that's I mean for that yeah I mean look you're free to shop you know, you're free to work 24 seven. You're, you know, you're free to do all the things that, that they want you to do, you know, but in that particular case, anyways, the, the point is, is that I, I at that point was like, okay, you know what? I, I really need to figure out this whole Bitcoin thing because at that point, I had continued to read and I had understood that it was a censorship resistant ledger and that like it wasn't created by an individual, you know, like it wasn't owned by a company or anything like that. There was nobody that could stop it. And, you know, so I was like, OK, I, I, I need to, you know, I, I need to dive into this. And so I went and started at that point, I started using I started using Bitcoin to go and make these purchases, not from Silk Road. I know a lot of people went and did Silk Road. I did something totally different and I was making that. That's what I was doing. And I found a frictionless way to do it. And believe me, the first time it worked, it blew my mind. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I I just took away the whole sketchiness aspect of this whole thing. Like, this is fantastic. (laughs) You know, like I, I I can't even explain it. Like it was just, I felt like I had made this great discovery, you know, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) anyways. I at this point did not figure out. So this is 2015. I did not figure out that you could um that I didn't figure out the value proposition yet. In my mind, it was just a censorship resistant ledger and people are going to use it to make their purchases of whatever type they want. And that's it. I hadn't figured out that um the scarcity aspect of it. I, I hadn't figured out how the mining works, how proof of work uh works, you know what I mean? Like the fact that it's decentralized, the fact that it can't be stopped, like. I, I, even though I knew this information, I hadn't internalized it yet. Mm -hmm. And so I was just using it to spend. So I'm one of those people who it's a double edged sword. If it wasn't, if it wasn't really for weed, I would have never gotten fully into Bitcoin. (laughs) But if it wasn't for weed, I wouldn't have had to work like starting many years ago. And I would have, I shouldn't say I wouldn't have had to work, but I would have been able to do exactly what I want to do. And uh, with, with you know, a huge runway. Yeah. And of course, yeah. obviously I didn't, you know, like it went up in smoke, so to speak. Um, taught me a valuable lesson. And you know what? Like from that point on, um, to be honest, that's what started my my shitcoin journey, really. Because what happened was, was that I watched Bitcoin go from, from there. I watched it go from about $200 or 300 mm-hmm. to like to the 19,900 something that we went to. And, and this whole time that I watched it happen, I was like, no, this isn't real. And, and the thing is, is that all, as all of that was happening, right. As that bull run was happening, one of my best friends, he got into, he, he found an, uh, an exchange called Bittrex, which now has gone bankrupt. But back in, in the day, like that's where all the, the, majority of the shit coins were like Coinbase hadn't made shit, you know, hadn't had shit coins yet or anything like that. And so, you know, he opened my eyes essentially in late 2017 or mid, yeah mid 2017 to shit coins. And I was like, there's other things besides Bitcoin. And, and it, it, it blew my mind that these things cost so much less. And of course, right. All of the typical traps that happen. Two shit coiners happened to me. I unit fell for the unit bias. Yep. Here we go. Boom! You know it—the unit bias, right? And then the the other one that uh, Dieter Bob likes the l- likes to say: smaller number, go more moon. Okay, and this is so true because you sit there, you look at Bitcoin, and you are like, it went from zero dollars to twenty k. You know, this thing's sitting at like thirty cents. You know, like I could get so much more, and it doesn't have to go to twenty k. It just It just has to go to 10 bucks. It just has to go to five bucks. You know, like that's what happens. So it's smaller number, go more moon. You're like, yeah, if I could get that, you know, I just, I don't need it to do the 20k. Just needed to do a portion. So I fell for that bullshit. Now, the other thing is, is that I have a technical background. My background is in network administration. Um, I ended up specializing in access control, which has to do with keyless entry systems, um, specifically access control systems for high-end hospitals and government systems, but, um, uh, essentially that, that background had, uh, led to me falling for another trap, which I call the technology trap. Um, so I, I started to think that all these other shit coins were going to win based on their tech. Right. Like I, I started to think like I went through the typical crap of like decentralization doesn't matter. Nobody cares. This thing is old. Like I was one of those people who bought the narrative that Bitcoin was was old. Yeah. Yeah. Not MySpace because I was like, what? No, that doesn't make sense. But I did buy that it was old tech, right? Like MySpace is more like irrelevant tech. I don't care whether it's old (laughs) or not. It's just irrelevant. But but I'm just saying like in my eyes, like Bitcoin was not TCP IP. You know, like Bitcoin was just like something that started it. And now the new tech is going to take over. Now that. That actually, I was able to debunk myself because the company that I worked for did an integration with a shit coin. Have you ever heard of Civics? Mm, Vaguely, vaguely. Vaguely. All right. So that's the uh, Vinny Lingam coin. So Vinny Lingam started Civics, ticker CVC. I obviously don't want anybody to buy that absolute trash of a scam, but you may want to go take a look at it as a great example of a trashy scam. As opposed to a non-trashy scam, I don't think those exist. But anyways, um, so like we are doing this integration with this, with this company, right? Like I, I sit down at a meeting, right, with all these product managers and they're getting into the blockchain, <laughs> you know, like my <laughs> boss, is, right? Into the blockchain, you know, this, this thing, Bitcoin's big and we're going to get into it because companies are expecting a blockchain offering. So I sit down and we're doing a civics integration. So what is civics? Civics is a identity token, right? We've heard tons of information about that, right? Like Microsoft with the DIDs, right? Beautiful. I don't know yeah. if you heard about that. But, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, there's, you know, and then of course there's WorldCoin scanning people's eyes, eyeballs and stuff like that. Eesh. So, so right, ID tokens. So this was the, one of the first ID tokens back in the day. That's right. This is an old scam. This is not a new scam. It's just a very old scam. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm, I'm one of the people who's actually supposed to install this software, uh, the Civics integration, and make it work with our software, right? So essentially what happens is, is that you show up to a building, okay, and you provide uh, your, your civic, um, like essentially you have the, an app with a, uh, like a code on it, right? Like a QR code from civics mm-hmm. and they scan that code. And what that does is it essentially would automatically populate the data so that it could be imported correctly into the hosting system. Okay. I'm trying to make that as simple as possible. <laughs> so. I was responsible for installing that and testing it and troubleshooting it and writing a support plan for it. So I was working with the engineers from Civics and I was working with the engineers from obviously the company that I work for. <laughs> so anyways, this whole process, right? I'm going through this whole thing and, and these IDs are going back and forth and they connect. We, so our software connects to the Civics database through a Civics API. Now, in this whole conversation, have you heard me mention the civics token? I haven't yet. No, I'm waiting. <laughs> You're not going to hear me mention it. Right. Because it never, it, it never gets used. Yeah, the civics on. token never actually gets used.
0: <laughs> well, that's just, it's just a way to raise capital, right? And
1: that's all it is. And keep in mind, like back then when I was shitcoining, that blew my mind. I was like, this is how it's a scam. There's no utility. It's just like there's no utility. Like, why is anyone holding like the company I worked for did not have to purchase the token in order to work with the Civics API? Check this out. The customer that purchases the Civics software that installs the app on their phone, right? Mm-hmm. Like to, you know, to do this guest check-in. Right. They don't use the civics token. <laughs> the API itself between the two systems doesn't pass the token between itself. Do you get some tokens when you sign up? Nothing. You get nothing. <laughs> Not Like, there is no connection in any way, shape, or form from the token to their technology. Beautiful. So I did what every good, you know, like, uh, becoming toxic Bitcoiner did. I started to ask Vinny questions. And I started to call him out on this. And I got blocked. I got blocked by him and Pranish or whatever her name is, but like his, like, sidekick. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was like, that, that was it. At that point I went back and I took a look at every other shitcoin that I held and I was able to dismantle every single one of their use cases. It was like, it, I swear to God, man, it was like that moment, right? Where you, you take out the block and all the other blocks fall off. Like it, it just completely blew my mind. So at that point, we're talking about mid 2018, I sold off all of my shit coins. I got rid of everything. I realized that it was a horrible scam and I turned it all into Bitcoin. And then nice. I started stacking. And I started stacking with everything. And then, around mid to late 2018, I wanted to help other uh, shitcoiners and other "quote unquote" crypto people not get scammed. I had lost over between twenty-two and twenty-five thousand dollars uh, U.S. in shitcoining. Um, you know, buying a bunch of shitcoins that all fucking you know minus 96 percent, 98 percent. i sold them all at a loss i just turned it all into bitcoin Damn. um and and so i i didn't want other people to go through that experience i i just don't you know what like people sit there and they're like yeah i know that you know there's no such thing as true altruism and everybody you know incentives and blah 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 but you know what i i'm sorry like to a certain extent i you call it whatever the hell you want to call it i, I don't like seeing other people get scammed by shit coins i, I know what it's like to lose that much money I, you know, there's a lot of people that have a lot less in this world, and for them, losing this changes everything. You know, that some people losing a fraction of that changes everything. So, like, why stand by and and be a party to that? You know, so I started, so I so I started making a an audio only podcast called Fun with Crypto. <laughs> nice. And I and I was Bitcoin only, but I was still talking about shit coins because I still thought that some of the use um... cases made sense. And the technology may get ported over to Bitcoin. (laughs) So then we fast forward to like halfway through 2019, I I dropped the name uh, "fun with crypto," and it just became "fun with Bitcoin." And and then it was strictly there was no more enabling tech. I didn't give a shit anymore. I just wanted to talk about Bitcoin. I wanted to talk to Bitcoiners only. And yeah, I I did. You know, like I, I did that for probably about a year and a half. A year and a half, and all the while, right, meeting Bitcoiners. So that's that's essentially that's essentially the journey into becoming Bitcoin only. So it's a little bit more than what you asked for, but it's it's the journey from like no coiner to bit Bitcoin only.
0: Nah, that was perfect. Particularly <laughs> that backstory about um, shitcoin slaying because you are known as the shitcoin slayer, and like. <laughs> The, the well i mean just <laughs> you have a knack for it and i can clearly see now the origins of of why that is it seems to me that the credentials got in the way of your understanding initially of bitcoin which is which is fascinating because that's not that's right. not unheard of either Well
1: no. the creds it, it's true because you think you know right? Like Mm -hmm. you think, you know, so you get fooled by the tech. And actually it's interesting that you bring that up because something else I was fooled by as well. Okay. Because I was working for a fortune 500 company. And it's interesting because it never meant shit to our company when it happened. But for some reason, I thought it made a difference in crypto, right? Mm -hmm. And which is the partnership parade. That is like the typical, okay, you get all these, these, these shit coins, they, they work with these companies, right. Or this company decides to take a look at their white paper. Boom. We're in a partnership with Oracle. We're in a partnership with Microsoft. Like for instance, right. The most recent, uh, that, that shit coin, um, Aptos.
0: I am completely ignorant of all of that stuff, man. <laughs> some,
1: some, some bullshit, whatever, you know, some, whatever, who knows what, um, they're in a partnership with Microsoft to bring an AI to the blockchain. Oh, cool. So, cool. Oh, dude, it's amazing, right? Aren't you excited? I am. I oh, can hear it. I I totally can. I mean, just think, just imagine AI, right? So a lot of data. Which means and-
2: artificial
0: intelligence, if anyone is wondering. Kamala um, <laughs> Harris did a really good breakdown just recently about the... What what AI is, which is artificial intelligence. Yeah. Really more you know, close links with Web3 and blockchain stuff. These are good the words. I'm hitting all these, the marks.
1: Yeah, I mean, you are. I mean, like, good. just now I'm bullish all of a sudden Excellent. because AI, blockchain, and Web3, and that's, and that's essentially what it is. We're going to make right? seashells,
0: like, man. So many seashells.
1: Well, screw this thing,
0: gold. gold. To- Who cares? We
1: can stack shells. Yeah. But see, it's so frustrating because people validate this behavior because they make money, right? Like, like they, they sit there and look at somebody like me and think that I'm an idiot because, well, I'm making money. What are you talking about? It's like, you're, you're enabling the same garbage system that is causing all of these problems to begin with. <laughs> like, why, like, why do you think that that's good? Like, And, and again, right? It's you, you, The person thinks they're being selfish. They think they're being greedy. They're just being short-sighted. Like, that's all it is. Like, you're just being short-sighted. And this is why we talk about the, you know, one of the reasons we talk about the, the low time preference, mm-hmm. right? Is because we're supposed to be long view. And interestingly enough, okay, something that doesn't get talked about in this cycle, or at least maybe I haven't heard it, but in the last cycle, it was getting talked about is the fact that, you know, Bitcoin is kind of like a, you know, it's, it's like a Renaissance age, you know? Like back mm-hmm. in the day before we had fiat, we had long-term goals. You know, those cathedrals were not built with fiat. That architecture was not built with fiat. None of that art was made with fiat. This was timeless stuff that in some cases took more than a generation to build. We don't have any of that today. Like, look around you. Like, stuff gets put up. It's, like, it's all fast food. Yeah. It's fast food buildings, fast food food, right? The, the products we buy. You know, like it—it's it, ridiculous. And 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 if a product doesn't follow the norm of constantly getting cheaper, then 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 like it, it's somehow there's something wrong with it. Like interestingly enough, right? Like you take a and again, I'm you know teach their own with the phones, but like an Apple, like like a pro, a product like the Apple phone, right? Like the iPhone. Their materials—they're using the same materials. That's why that thing isn't getting cheaper, for real. Like. They, they have the brand awareness and they use the actual the, the actual high-quality materials. I mean, you know, anybody who actually wants to use the materials that they were using many years ago to make, you know, specific products, like refrigerators, you wouldn't be able to afford the fridge. The fridge would cost as much as the house. <laughs> like, it's, it's right, like, don't people find it weird? Like and, and this is the strange thing, right? If you weren't there, you wouldn't know. But a fridge that was made 40 years ago would last for 40 oh, years. Man, my my grandpa
0: had like this kick-ass old smeg thing in the back of the house that I do not even know when that thing was built, but my goodness, it was still operating in, let's call it 2010, right? And it had this awesome setting where it would, you'd put like milk, you know, like uh, like flavored milk, like chocolate milk or something in the fridge, And it would just be at the right temp for everything to start to kind of freeze. So you get these shards. So to add this incredible texture, this is a massive (laughs) digression, but (laughs) it would just, it would add this awesome texture to the milk. And I used to fucking love that fridge for that. And I don't know, I used to marvel at just like how retro and old it looked. And I was like, you know, too stupid to recognize that, um, like it was just a relic, an awesome artifact from the past rather than just this beat up old fridge. But 100%, man, it's high velocity trash, which is what I think it's a, it's a term that Pierre Rochard maybe coined, um, which I, I love. High velocity trash just sums up kind of everything around us, you know, from the buildings Absolutely. to the just the, the food we eat, everything. It's just um, it's all
2: garbage, essentially.
1: Totally agreed, hundred percent,
2: and none of it lasts, you know. No, it doesn't need
1: to last. It's it's so weird, right? Like essentially, I've always I've always tried to find this perfect analogy, and it's I don't know if I have it. I definitely, I don't think I do. But essentially, I, I always imagine like a hamster on a wheel, right? And essentially, you have you know, you've got a bunch of money coming in on one side and you've got a bunch of money coming out on the other. And essentially what they've done is they figured out a way that no matter how fast we run, it just keeps costing more. Yeah. No matter no matter how much, it just costs a little more. Like, think about it, right? Like uh, another example, you know, you used to be able to, to buy a television like, you know, I I... I once every 15 or 20 years like you don't need like i i have friends who buy a tv you know like every 2 years so think about how much more of that's costing you to watch the same show as somebody else who buys a tv once every 10 years yeah. like that's part of that wheel that's part of that expenditure that's constantly going out you know so as you're sitting in your house right the wheel is constantly spinning you've got the you know the electrical bills the gas bills things are rotting right? Your money's becoming worth less. Like there is a constant grind of things that are going away, right? The ever changing. And the reality is, is that as long as you keep a person completely focused on this day-to-day minutiae, you can get away with absolute atrocities. Yeah.
0: Red herrings <laughs> everywhere.
1: What are doing with our money? <laughs> you know, like people think about it. Nobody really understands it. I mean, it's, you know, I even explained it to my dad. Like I was like, like I sat, you know, I used to sit there and I used to watch my father at, at his, at his business. I used to watch him work. Like I'd sit there with him and I'd watch him. Um, you know, my father made, made teeth for a living. He was a dental technician. Cool. I used to watch him make teeth and like knowing what I know now, like how pissed off would you be that all that money that you earned was just made worth less because, because somebody else decided it so. Yeah. That's the like, thing that like gets you never me. getting that time back. The
0: craftsmanship to be able to like literally make teeth, that's insane. Um, you know what I mean? Just the skill required, yeah. the time and energy output to get to a certain level that people feel comfortable enough to shove this in their mouth and walk around and be like, Yeah, I've got teeth. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that's quite an important yeah. thing that we need in the world. And you could spend like a lifetime perfecting that craft only for somebody in whenever it is 2020, or even just as recently, there was like $1.6 trillion announced that we've printed this year or something like that at, at the fed, you know, it, it boggles the mind, particularly when you, um, when you flip it into like what a trillion dollars actually is, you know, um, if you were to spend a dollar a minute, it would take you 33,000 years to spend that trillion dollars. And we're talking 1.6 in the last
2: eight months out of nothing. Just 33,000 years just wiped away.
0: <laughs> like, Talk about bringing no, things forward from the future. Like, You cannot have a future if you're just blowing away 33,000 years worth like that for whatever the fuck they were spending that on. I have no idea. Interest repayments or something.
1: We're just robbed. I mean it's the future generations are so robbed. It's it's unbelievable. You know, um a lot of times a lot of times I hear, you know, like millennials and stuff like that, you know, thinking that or they sound as though, you know, they're the first generation to be affected by the stupid money printing from the boomers. <laughs> but The Gen Xers, I've said this before, like we are the first generation to get screwed because we were sold that story. We were sold the you're going to work hard and make it story. And we were shown all of the pretty happy things that happen when you work hard and make it. And then we ended up out into the world and none of that opportunity was there. Well, there was way more competition and we didn't have the ability that, I'm serious. There's a very big difference, right? I'll give you an example. Um, when my father started his business in 1972, okay, he went to a medical building, him and his partner, they went, they started off at the top floor and they worked their way to the bottom floor. By the time they got to the bottom floor, they both had enough business to have a livable wage and they were immediately able to start a lab together
2: okay Perfect.
1: now you fast forward to after nine eleven you fast forward to like let's say two thousand i don't know two thousand two two thousand three while me and my partner went to several office buildings all filled with and keep in mind we were network technicians and troubleshooters, we went around to several hundred businesses and only got like three customers mm. so a very big difference in terms of like the type of saturation that there was and the amount of opportunity that there was. So, and that was only the beginning of the money printing. So when I look, when I look at millennials and zoomers now, like it's like they're living through the continued results from that. So I I do believe it is slightly worse. (laughs) It's definitely worse. I, I was just stating that we were the first generation to get shafted. <laughs> well, what I was
0: going to say is push back. There's two points. So yeah. the first one is this thing obviously gets worse over time, and the education, particularly if you're a millennial or a Zoomer that maybe is just out of uni or has been out of uni for the last ten years or whatever, you know, a lot of the things that you were taught are effectively no longer relevant anymore. You know, oh, yeah. and you and you've just pissed away three, four years of your life, you know, and you, you pull out your values. So you could probably say that going to uni or doing this thing is, is a way of learning to learn. And that's invaluable, I think. But, um, certainly in terms of like the skills and such, like, I mean, imagine being a, like finishing journalism, like, you know, a a degree now, a communications degree or something. And like this thing, ChatGPT, literally writes, the stories for you and the thing is your editor is the one that wants that shit they don't care about any thought or critical analysis or anything like that because most of their readers don't care because most of the readers don't read it because it's printed in a newspaper and they fucking don't buy a newspaper anymore like (laughs) that is the kind of thing that that is bothersome but i was gonna say with the gen x stuff is that The fundamental difference between millennials and Gen X's is that you had the opportunity to see Alice in Chains and Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Faith No More and all of these incredible bands live. And we kind of did, I guess, but they were a little bit older. They weren't in their prime. And we got served, what was it, Linkin Park, (laughs) uh, Limp Bizkit, all those. I don't mind. I like those bands, actually. But I'm just saying, if I could have seen Faith No More, Mike Patton playing angel dust album around 1992 that would be it that would be like set for life you know but i've had conversations with with gen x's that are like yeah i saw uh i saw nirvana playing at the Horden pavilion um you know 1991 or whatever but we didn't really know who they were or care
1: yeah nobody cared
0: so there you go it's just like what are you gonna do
1: <laughs> you know like i saw who did i see i saw beastie boys well i mean i saw a whole bunch of, bu- of punk bands like i Went to go see Blink-182 before they were ever famous. Nice. Um, they played at some little punk show in Montreal. Uh, there, there was like this little venue, a store called Underworld. And they sold punk records and, you know, cassettes and CDs. And they had like, you know, punk t-shirts and hoodies and stuff. And Is this they had a little Buddha or huh? Cheshire Cat era? Uh, this is uh, Cheshire Cat. Yeah, nice. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. So I, I went over there, got to hang out with them while they were setting up, you know, just chilling with them before. Yeah, and, and who knew that they were going to be that super famous? And <laughs> I get to tell people this story. But yeah, I mean, like, besides them, uh, I mean, look, I uh, went to go see Beastie Boys and Red Hot Chili Peppers, Stone Ooh, Temple Pilots. Damn. Yeah, Stone Temple Pilots, man. I got to see, I feel terrible. I'm, like, totally forgetting his name, the dude that died.
0: Scott Scott Wayland.
1: Uh, yeah. Scott Whalen. Yeah. So I got to see him live and it was actually after he had recovered. So it was like he was dude, he was on fire. Like he was like it was insane. Like to be perfectly honest, like uh Beastie Boys fall uh no, it wasn't Beastie Boys, it was Chili Peppers that came on after them. Yeah. And I was like, you know what?
0: With Fur Shanti, um, Huh? With Fur Shanti.
1: It was um it was for their Californication album. Yeah, 99 so, for Johnny. Oh, jeez. Oh, so, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not that. This sad. is turning into
0: a music pod now. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, it is. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, that was it, you know? I mean, the, it was crazy. Like, we were shocked. We we paid for Chili Pepper tickets, but then in the end, we we're like, Stone Temple Pilots was way better. Mm. Anyways, yeah, he, he put on a way better show. Scott Whalen, rest in peace. I'm glad you remembered his name because I totally didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. It was, those were definitely good old days. And you know what? Interestingly enough, at that time, uh, not to steer too far away from, from Bitcoin, kind of going back to it, right? A lot of that type of music, especially punk, like had an effect. Now, interestingly enough, I look back at that music and I'm like, damn, they all sound like socialists. <laughs> so <laughs> It's kind of weird where I'm like, you know, some of the stuff I'm like, yeah, I don't agree with that. I mean, I could see that why I had the teenage angst but today, I'd was, i I'd be like, eh, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I get that you're upset, but the government's not the answer. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, it was interesting. That music definitely shaped my, um, number one, curiosity of things that were not the system. And number two, my disdain for, quote unquote, the man mm-hmm. and the management and all of these things that do not exist. Like it's, it's this weird, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like people come together and all of a sudden this organization is created and then it has its own life and its own set of rules and it's got its own language, right? Like all of a sudden you've got four people that come together and they type the management, at the bottom of a letter. And now it's no longer just a person. It's the management, the management, you know, they're telling you what to do. <laughs> We have the authority. Yeah, it just makes it weird, right? Like, all of a sudden, like, why, you know, when did this become like this?
0: Yeah. Weird. Like, they're just people.
1: Part of what Bitcoin fixes, by the way.
0: Totally. Just obfuscating, or at least removing altogether, the administrative class, the bureaucratic class that doesn't care for outcomes, only processes. As Thomas Sal would say, it's uh, yes. I look Are forward. Are you a Thomas Sal fan? I am, in principle. I just, I haven't read any of his work. I've just, you know, so yeah, digested YouTube videos and stuff.
1: I, I one it's day. A good start. No, man, that's a great start. You know what? Um, one of the, one of the books that I read of his, which is most likely fairly controversial, but then I would also say how much of his work is not controversial. (laughs) Uh, a lot of people that, a lot of people that, you know, tell the truth, they're not very well liked and they're looked upon as traitors and stuff like that. But, um, one of my favorite works of his is, um, I think it's called black rednecks and white liberals. And that was absolutely an incredibly eye-opening. You know, we, we have so much division in society today. And if people would put half the energy that they put into being angry about something into actually digging back fully into the history and not digging into history to the point where once they see something offended, they stop reading and decide it's not true, but really diving into it and go through it, you know a lot of the stuff, right? A lot of the stuff that people claim is theirs isn't really theirs. Mm-hmm. And it kind of comes from Europe. And it's, I, I think that we'd all be better served by being way more humble and way more understanding instead of being way more rageful um, and willing to put up walls, which is ironic because, I mean, if you know me on Twitter, like depending on, you know, depending on how you view me on Twitter, I'm a pretty toxic personality. Um, if you're a shit coiner, <laughs> but you know, I mean, if you're a bitcoiner, then, then I'm not. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know, you know, but um, again, it, it, I guess it sounds hypocritical from me because I can absolutely be rageful, but I believe that for certain things, like, especially when it comes to, you know, understanding, right. Understanding our history and and understanding you know, kind of these intricacies of the gray area that we all live in, I think that that's one of those situations where we're better served, you know, to be understanding and open instead of rageful and willing to put up the walls. Oh, without a doubt. with
0: Without a doubt. I mean, history, just having a, a, even just a small grasp of history gives you a a perspective to, it kind of just, it just tells you to sit down and just chill out like it's it's been done before in, in, it's been iterated before in, in so many different ways. And, um, this, you're not the first going through this kind of stuff. And you could even argue, you know, Bitcoin, although it's just revolutionary or evolutionary tech. I don't think it's revolutionary. I think it's evolutionary. Uh, and the reason I say that is because revolutionary implies that we have to go back around and it will get shit again. But, um, just imagine (laughs) like, uh, you know, the, the printing press sort of era it's just it's it's just um the, the disruption and chaos and everything like that that would have that would have abounded you know like what do you what's that in Munster that that had that siege where the whole town was shut down or something anyway you have to listen to the Dan Cullen pod point is is that um if the Simpsons already did it history's already done it for sure and um
2: you know if you want to learn a little bit about what's going on today
1: like go read a book exactly and you know what it, it reminds me of a, a book that i'm reading right now called only yesterday and it's essentially a uh, historical account of the 1920s and it, it's pretty funny because it's exactly what you just said right like history may not uh you know may not repeat but it rhymes mm. and it, it's it's really scary stuff um, it's really scary stuff because we like, we would like to think that we're all better. We, we would like to think that we're more evolved. Um, yeah, no, but, but we're, but we're not, we're, we're, we're the same shit. Like we're, we're the same shit. We always were like, it's like, so what? So you took the caveman out of the cave and, and you put, you, you know, you put some fancy stuff on him and you, you made him memorize a bunch of, a bunch of big words. So what? He's still a caveman. He still, you know, he still has anxiety. He still gets flight or fight. We still haven't spent enough time doing self-development. We still don't know shit, you know, about what we can't see, touch, taste, and smell. We just think it doesn't exist because we can't see, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's just like, it's fucking like, we're stupid. We're, we're just stupid. And don't get me wrong. Like, I, I know that we could sit there and point to all the, the, this amazing technology and be like, well, if we're so stupid, how do I have an iPhone? It's like, yeah, what are you doing with it? What am I doing with it?
0: Candy crash. Doom, let's go.
1: I'm doom scrolling. You're going to tell me I'm not stupid? No. So you know, it's, it's it's this whole ridiculousness, and and this is the problem. So yeah, you know, like sure, we have Bitcoin, but we're ruining it. You know, I don't mean like necessarily us as Bitcoiners, but of course the shitcoiners would be like, well, of course you are. That toxic Maxi attitude is ruining Bitcoin. You're pushing people away. You know, like yeah, whatever. Um, that, that that's definitely debatable, but like, I, I just think like, yeah, you know, like as humans, you know, like, Hey, it's, it's a tool that was necessary because we suck. Okay. Like, it's not like we have Bitcoin because we're so amazing, right? Like you don't have something like this because you're awesome. Because if we were awesome, then we wouldn't have done what we did with the money to begin with. We'd be more personally responsible to begin with we would have understood implications of not being personally responsible to begin with. We wouldn't have greedy bankers that sit there and print everybody's value away. So this is all, it's all just bullshit, you know, like, so yeah, it's great that we have Bitcoin. I'm, I'm obviously super happy, but I I really feel that, you know, it exists because we suck.
0: So we need to be mindful of, um, Of our own, yeah, as you just said, their own stupidity and just remain humble. There's two things that come to mind. There's a quote I saw recently from Isaac Asimov, which was, Ah. the saddest aspect of life right now is that science gathers knowledge faster than society gathers wisdom. Yes. That's cool. Um, And then the other thing is Rigel Walsh, uh, Coinshaw, we had him on episode nine, I think it was, um, he did a like Bitcoin counterculture and this whole sort of, you've got the counter, it's a very much a countercultural movement, which I think is why it aligns with a lot of the alternative music, punk rock, things like that. At least that's how I sort of see it. Um, yep. but then eventually over time, will we get Avril Lavigne?
2: Oh Yeah. You know? <laughs> And
0: it'll probably happen if it hasn't already happened. I mean, you got your boy, Larry Fink, um, you know, poking around. But the point is, is that in order to protect this thing, um, you do need that, that toxicity. You know, there's, there's debates around drive chains and shit at the moment. And it's like,
2: no. Drive chains. (laughs) So you know what i'm saying
1: I yes i know exactly what you're saying i don't want to get into a long drawn-out conversation about drive chains no. because i really don't know enough and it, it just i'm the kind of person when it comes to this stuff it's like i want to learn more before i start complaining about something precisely <laughs> you know and again that's not in support of drive chains or against it i am one of those yeah i'm on the fence because i don't know shit and i'm just not afraid to say it but yes that that, that is exactly what happens
0: I got a question. Yes. How has discovering Bitcoin changed you?
1: Uh, so you know what? Um I I would say it changed me in the way of I began. So I cared I cared way more about my salary and how much I made and um I wasn't even happy. I mean for real like before I really really became um like fully immersed in Bitcoin and, and everything like that. And I, I really started to hold uh, the majority of my, I mean, at that point, I got to the point where it, uh, everything I had was in Bitcoin, but. I was way more driven by upping my salary and, and I was actually doing very well and um, I was miserable. Like, I mean, I always knew that money wasn't happiness, but it was to the point where it's like I hated my job so much. So this is, the, this is what Bitcoin did, right? I used to wake up and be unhappy about my job, my profession, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And like um, I would come up with inventive ways to make myself get through the day, you know? Almost mm-hmm. like a fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, no joke, it's like office space, you know, like when he's sitting there in front of the shrink, and he's like, can't you make me think that I was fishing all day? And he's like, that's not really what I do, Peter. <laughs> but but I was like, but that's what I want. You know, like, so I did it to myself. You know, like, everything was I, I created this alternate, you know, it's like an alternate reality to create, you know, to make myself just not be as miserable. But eventually that started to break. And um, we got to COVID. And the first thing the company that I worked for did was cut our benefits, cut our 401k. They essentially cut everything they could. This is a multi-billion dollar corporation that is incredibly profitable. It was so sad to see such a big company just cut all of everything it could from its employees. And then of course have record-breaking profits, right? Mm -hmm. The next quarter Um, while seeing other businesses, mom and pop shops, okay. Doing right by their employees. And making sure that, that they were properly cared for paying them their salaries, right? Like, just doing the right, the human thing to do, yeah. you know? Like, understanding, yeah. right? That every person we are, we really are the same as much as we pretend we're not, you know? Like, so... But that's the it, difference between the
0: management
1: and yes. mom and pop. That's right. You know? Exactly. That is one of the differences between management and mom and pop. So, so for me, like, Bitcoin really, like, it, it put all of these... Things way more like it's shone a light on these things more and made them more apparent to me. Like you know, it's like you can see something with a dull light and ignore it because the light is dull. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of just like pass by it, right? But when something's really bright, like you can't help but notice it. You may have to look away from it, but eventually, you, you really got to pay attention to like what's going on there. And that that's kind of what Bitcoin did. You know, like it it created this scenario where you had this measuring stick against everything. And you're like, wait a second, this is, this is crap. And, and really, I I decided at that point, I was like, you know what, I, I want to be happy instead, I want to be satisfied with my life instead. So I was already a low time preference person, I was already, um, you know, more or less, quote-unquote anti-government which i don't think that bitcoin is necessarily anti-government it just makes it so that the government can't fuck your money and if the government does want to exist then they have to provide value
0: um what a revolutionary idea you've just stated holy shit
1: it's sick i know it's insane imagine (laughs) imagine earning i know it's crazy imagine providing somebody else value and then paying you It's it's crazy. But yeah, you know, like that's, that's all the things that Bitcoin did for me. So like at that point, like I, I would say that it, it helped me realize what was most important to me in my life. And, and on top of that, because I did what I did, it allowed me to pursue satisfaction and happiness, rather than money and greed. And what I was sowing was unhappiness. That's pretty powerful And you know, if you
0: say that To someone who doesn't Comprehend Bitcoin as well as you or I It sounds crazy Like, how does that happen? How does that work? Because the thing is, like Everyone is actually looking for that sort of a thing That sort of a way of being You know, with a sense of meaning and purpose and this idea of being of service and providing value to their themselves, their family, their community, you know, and scale that up as as required. That's really what gives people like motivation to keep going and do things. And it's so funny that all it really takes is just the ability to save across space and time, <laughs> you know, store value across space and time and like instead of it having be sucked away from you 1.6 trillion 33,000 years worth
1: just gone and that's just the tip of the iceberg my friend <laughs> we don't even we we can't even i i honestly don't even want to think about it i i, I really don't because when you look at how much our purchasing power has dropped it's like i don't even think these people know how much of the future they've stolen and and they just don't give a shit like frankly they don't care because they own the majority of the world they own the means of production
2: and they're old as fuck most of them they sure are that that's another weird thing right pelosi mitch mcconnell how old is that guy
0: jesus isn't that such a boomer I'm not an thing? ageist, by the way. I just, like, I don't know. No, like, but... don't
1: you have a boat to sit on or something? Like, why do you want to do this? You know, they want to hang on to power because they understand that if they bring in the younger generations, the younger generations are going to undo. So, look, the majority of the people right now that are sucking off the system are boomers, okay? Like, they are the oldest population, okay? It's, I know it depends on the country and everything like that, but I'm, you know, I'm being ethnocentric and I'm talking about the U.S., So it's the boomers. And the reality is, is that they need their boomer friends in office to continue to keep the gravy train flowing as long as they possibly can. Mm, I mean, that to me, like that's what I think it is because if, I mean, what do you think Nancy Pelosi really needs to be there? She's senile. And like the fact that we can watch her insider trade on like live TV and everyone just kind of looks the other way. Like, is everyone on drugs? You know, like, it's like, well, I mean, I know there's some people in the white house that are on drugs, but like, I feel like every, I feel like the rest of us are all on drugs, you know, because we, we watch this happen and it just, nobody cares. Nobody says anything. And like, it's just insane. Like even, even the person, right. Even the person that takes the order for, you know, like, well, actually it's no longer a person anymore. That, that, See that, that just goes to show how old I am. You used it's to call somebody in my shares. <laughs> now you just, now you just place it automatically. I was going to say, I'm like, even the person that takes her share orders, like, why don't they just tell her no? <laughs> it's, like they can't. it's just an automated system. You know, like, it's like, why can't they do the right thing and be like, no, I'm not helping you fuck everyone, you know, but to a certain extent, I guess. You know, maybe E-Trade, if that's who she trades with, they can be like, no, Nancy, I'm not letting you insider trade. I'm not not letting you front run everyone. Screw you. You know, (laughs) like you're supposed to be, you're you're supposed to be what, you know, like part of the the people that people look up to. And that's the other thing. You can't, so think about it like this, right? We've lost, uh, okay, I'll back up. In Bitcoin, we have no heroes, right? So that's the first thing to start with. And Mm -hmm. if you do have heroes, you're eventually gonna, you're eventually going to metaphorically, not physically, destroy them, okay? got it, yeah. Right? But. In real life, right? Like, look around. So you can't, you, can't trust, you can't trust religion. You can't trust the politicians. You can't trust the stars. You can't trust the athletes. You there's, there's no heroes in real life. And yet, over there, in real life, they keep propping these people up like there's somebody to, to look up to. It's, it's nuts. Like, none of these people are, are good enough. You can't look up to anyone. Well,
0: it's, really it's insane to even do that in the first place, really. Look oh, up to, absolutely. like, your family members, like your father or your mom or, like, I don't know, your, your your uncle, whatever. But, like, these people that don't know you and couldn't give a fuck anyway,
1: if they, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just nope. retarded. They get painted with a rosy lens, right? This goes back to the whole the management thing, right? Like, once they become part, oh, what what is it? What is that book? Um, The most dangerous the most dangerous myth ever told or something like that. I, I got to go look at up. anyways. It's a great book that I read probably like a year and a half or so ago. And essentially it, it talks about the myth of authority. Okay. Mm. This idea that like once a grouping of people come together and form an organization, somehow the myth of authority magically appears and you now have to be um, subvert, you know, like you, you now have to be subject or subjugated to this authority.
0: The most dangerous superstition, lock and rose. Is that the one?
1: That's the one. Yeah. Great book. Honestly, great book. Um, it it really opens your eyes. Like if you didn't already know, and it kind of, it's, it's really interesting because it reminds me a lot of, so now we're going to get into some more philosophical out there shit. But um, there's a um, there's a belief system called discordianism, and I'm not a discordian or anything like that, but I love reading about all kinds of weird stuff like this. so the discordians, essentially it's a religion disguised as a joke and a joke disguised as a religion. okay so it's very confusing and very weird, and this is this was one of those things where they essentially um, they make fun of all of this stuff. And, and one of the things that they draw attention to is exactly this, this myth of like all of a sudden powerful people come together. They form an organization and they are now an authority. Like, why are they an authority? Because we automatically just give in and decide they're an authority. We give them that. Yeah. Like if everybody around them told them not a fucking chance, and didn't use them, and and didn't you know uh, support them? They wouldn't be an authority. But we're all just chasing. We're we're all just chasing our individual goals, right? We're all just chasing our individual incentives. You've got the family to feed. You've got the kids. You know, there's the skating lessons. There's the stuff to pay. You know, you've got stuff with the business. Somebody's going on vacation. The grandmother. The uncle. Everyone's dying. It's dude. It. it you can't. None of us can pay attention to this crap. And the people that go into these positions fully understand this. They know that it's going to be a free-for-all for them. That so the government has zero incentive whatsoever. Any government. They have zero incentive to do the right thing, except for themselves. Well, it's just I mean, incentives, right?
0: And and at scale, you can you can just throw as many red herrings out as you like so that you can Appease everyone with bread and sexes, and you know the the whole um yeah, like look the other way while we go and do all this shit, and no one cares. Yeah. I mean, they literally announced aliens a couple of weeks ago. They were like, "Oh yeah, we've been chatting with aliens," and no one gave a fuck. They were just like, "Yeah, cool."
1: <laughs> well, because immediately everyone's like, "Yeah, the aliens are fake." <laughs> <You know> so <laughs> okay,
0: because they're <laughs> beaten down. It's like this. um Oh man, they. I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary Hypernormalization. Um, Maybe. it's an Adam Curtis documentary. It's one of the last ones he's done.
1: Hypernormalization?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. More Bitcoiners really ought to look at Adam Curtis documentaries. There's another one all watched over by Machines of loving Grace, Century of the Self, all about Eddie Bernays and propaganda. Um But this... Oh,
1: yeah. Well, he's the father of propaganda.
0: You know, so this hypernormalization, um, there's a, there's a, a bit in that where uh, they used to disseminate information in sort of Soviet Russia and they would just hit the citizens from all sides with all of this different narrative, counter-narrative, and that would usually come from very much the similar sources. And the idea was that you'd just be bamboozled by, what does he say, the intractable reality of, of existence or something. that so You would just kind of slip into nihilism and just be like – I can't process all of this stuff. I don't have the bandwidth for it. And, and, and a part of that was, was aliens in the sky and a few other things. Um, and the more I kind of think about it, whenever this kind of stuff happens, I'm just like, oh, this is just like hypernormalization. This is what this is. It's a really good name for, um, you know, once you, once you can identify something, you can name it, you know, you can kind of understand a little bit more. And therefore, it's, it's kind of a shield. To prevent you from succumbing to whatever it is, I guess. Yeah, it's just it's just cool to um. You should check that out. Hypernormalization. I might put it in the show notes if anyone wants to listen to it. There's a, I think there's an upload on Vimeo somewhere. I'll find it.
1: Oh, I'm definitely gonna check it out. That's I I love that kind of stuff, and it brings up an interesting point, right? Um, I I wish that I remembered this in its totality, but it's gonna get butchered. But essentially, the human mind, okay, can't handle more than like five different angles to a like to a situation. Mm-hmm. So, like, meaning that, like, okay, so you know, like the you ever see the movie Clue? No, I don't think no? so. Okay, so anyway, it's an old movie from the eighties. This is like, yeah, I'm a Gen Xer, I'm old. So anyway, so this, essentially, like, there's like the, it, it's a it's a story about a who done it murder, right? So. You, you have, like, multiple angles to the story. But but the point is, is that, like, the, the human brain, we can handle, like, okay, so the government is in on it, and the car dealerships are in on it, and the insurance company is in on it, and, like, the medical supplier is in on it. But eventually, once you have too many people, too many players, essentially beyond five, it becomes a conspiracy. Once you have more than five players, it's, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> so and it's weird like we accept mm. that we to a certain extent we accept this this weird thing that like once there's too many angles okay and for whatever reason the magic number is 5 it becomes a conspiracy yeah, so right. you can you can easily have something that's totally real that's happening and it's, all you need to do is introduce six different people that are conspiring right <laughs> And it's, well, well, that can't be real. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> anyway, I wish I, I wish I didn't butcher it that much, but it goes something along those lines. And, and it, it just, it's interesting. Like we, we can easily be fooled. Like we're, as, as humans, totally. like it's, it's not that difficult, right? It's not that difficult to fool us. Like I, you know, I, I've heard it, right? We're, look, we're talking about Bitcoin. So how many times have you heard the, you know, Satoshi is uh, CIA. No. Oh, yeah. You know, you ever hear? I mean, like, so, so what? So, <laughs> exactly. Big deal. He's CIA. Okay. So, you know what? He still doesn't run all the nodes. <laughs> like who gives a shit? <laughs> like I, it's like all of these different stories. None of this stuff matters. It, it, it's completely irrelevant. And this is what's great about Bitcoin because we can just look with the, there's the, you know, we've got the rules. Okay. Everybody can look at the blockchain. None of the transactions can be censored. Okay, everybody can verify all the rules. <laughs> it's, it's out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's it. So even if the CIA made it,
2: who gives a shit?
0: Exactly. Really. It's like, it's like who Budion is? says, like, Bitcoin is, and that's enough. And Ugh. that guy hates me for some reason. He hates everyone.
1: I've never even interacted with this guy. But dude, that saying, I totally agree with. And I say it all the time because it is true bitcoin is and that is enough
2: mm.
1: it really is and, and people just don't want to understand And this is where you get all the you know this is where you bring in the circus right the nfts the ordinals the did, did you see that they actually moved ordinals back to ethereum so they're still like the crap on bitcoin but now they have eth scriptions.
0: cool like that's awesome i had no idea but like let them yeah. have fun
1: staying yeah. oh cool. no i love it i'm like yeah take all that shit go ahead take it all (laughs) enjoy
0: fellas all right what have you learned about the world
2: and more importantly about yourself since discovering bitcoin um what have i learned about the world We've probably covered it in some of these, these things. This must, is the danger
0: of having these set questions is that yeah. most of the time we kind of veer off and start answering them, um, indirectly I mean, I anyway, that, yeah. which is kind of cool.
1: What, what, was the, what was the next one?
0: Well, just about yourself. What have you learned about yourself? You know, you, you mentioned yeah, that before bad. that you were sort of you had that little bit more purpose and drive.
1: I'll tell you this. I can add this. I was, um, you know, and it, it might even be contributed to my wife as well, but like um Bitcoin made me more willing or more well, I guess because of it, I, I had more time. So I became more courageous and willing to do um, you know, therapy mm-hmm. and, and working on on yourself, right? Like every single one of us, you know, like I mean, whether people want to admit it or not. Uh, you know, we inherit a lot of times we inherit the the good, bad and the ugly from our parents, and they inherited the good, bad and the ugly from their parents, and so on and so forth. And what I'm talking about is just, you know, human beings being humans, you know, we're talking about emotions and, you know, emotional immaturity and all of that stuff. And you just Bitcoin made it possible for me to really reflect on this and learn about myself and um, be able to effectively you know learn coping methods and more specifically methods of overcoming uh you know negative associations that you know I created very young as a as a child and that I was you know most recently able to undo so yeah i i would say that you know bitcoin made it possible for for that to take place it's not to say that i couldn't have done it without it but i i was focused on other things and yeah. and my mind you know i just didn't feel that you know i my mental health mattered, you know. It just that—that's that, also part of self-love and self-caring, right? Like if you just don't think you matter, so then you—you you think your your mental health doesn't matter and your mental condition doesn't matter and stuff. So, yeah, it's that time factor, man. The ability to
0: free up that extra little bit of time that chip away, just just allocate a little bit of bandwidth yep. to thinking about those sorts of things and yourself and. It's not, a, it's not a selfish thing at all. You know, it's like i got a, a buddy of mine who says, it's okay to put your mask on first. You know, if you're like, I think he references like, a, like an airplane crash.
2: Yeah, right. Not
0: and a mask going into the shops to sit down for a meal and then watching the COVID go over your head. He's talking about like, you know, if in, in the event of an airline crash, it's okay to put your mask on first. Take care of yourself because you can't really take care of others unless you've taken care of yourself
1: first. That's exactly right. And it sounds selfish, but guess what? By preserving yourself, you're able to help preserve others. If you're not strong, you're not helping anybody else.
2: And the fact that you have this ability to take some of your
0: time and energy and store it again across space and time, because you can free up some time in the present. All right, I can justify allocating x amount of hours whatever it is to this thing and that has that that can be yeah as you were saying like you know um therapy and getting under, understanding of of who you are or i don't know reading a book and under, like learning something educating yourself um there's a myriad of different things like teaching yourself a new skill applying yourself in a particular way that you never thought was possible and the fact that you just have that little bit of wiggle room and it's ever growing over time to the point where you might be able to like develop a skill set that there's no way you could do if you're still on that hamster wheel, you
1: know? That's exactly right. Yeah, that that's exactly right. And, I, and I'm so grateful for that. Don't get me wrong. My my income has changed greatly, my day-to-day income, but so have my day-to-day expenses, right? I'm living differently, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have any debt, uh, you know, paid off all the credit cards. Like. It's, you know, it doesn't cost me a lot to live day to day. And on top of that, you know, it's like, yeah, I do have, I do have some income and, and you know what? It doesn't even matter. I'm just happy. I wake up every single day and I'm thrilled. Like I'm excited to make clips. I'm excited, you know, to read through the, you know, the news, like I'm even excited to shitpost, uh, which recently (laughs) has been dampened by, by Elon's terrible decision-making. Um, but still, you know, it's still nice to shitpost.
0: I'm still not ever going to call it X. I refuse to download the update on my phone too. I don't. So I'm, I'm not a curmudgeon or a Luddite. I just, I just I just think it's weird.
1: Yeah, it is. It is weird. I don't even like seeing it. It still looks weird. It's like, even as an app, you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that because today I went, I, I must have scrolled by it on my phone like six times. I was looking for Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, it's gone, and and I mean, I've already had it updated for a while, so there's really no excuse. <laughs> so, yeah, I
0: yeah. turn all my auto updates off, and I've I, I go in manually, and uh, whenever I see it, I'm like, all right, just yeah, I've got to be mindful to not to not click update, but ah, uh, look, whatever. It's it's just it just looks strange. It's you know, you can, you
1: yeah, it even has different behavior. The scroll, the Normally, your notifications would be there at the bottom all the time. You could always see what's happening, but now you you have to scroll. It's like, it's just, I don't know. I'm not a fan. I'm still using it. Don't get me wrong.
2: Just little features that bother me. How do you explain Bitcoin? You mean just
1: like in general? Mm -hmm. Well, just take that as you will. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like an open ended. How do I explain Bitcoin? So it depends. You know what, it depends on who I'm talking to, to be perfectly honest. Um, I I think that meeting people and this may come from my background in support, uh, meeting people where they're at is to me, one of the most important things. And of course, you're going to get the privacy advocates, the security advocates. Everybody's going to shit on you for not like forcing, you know, the whole self-sovereignty thing and the multi-sig and all this stuff and coin joins and
0: uh, security test.
1: I I get that. that, That's great. But when you're out there talking to a normie that doesn't give a fuck about all that stuff, okay, you just got to meet them where they're at. So, for me, it's like, if I'm talking to somebody who I know is, like, not a fan of the government, I am going to explain it to them, starting with the fact that it is a censorship-resistant ledger that the government cannot touch and that it doesn't control and that there is no corporation that can be stopped, you know? Like, so, that's that type of example. Now, I have other normie friends, okay, that also don't give a shit about all the nuance that we do, but they... They buy and sell shares and they understand stocks. Okay. Now Bitcoin of course is nothing like a stock, but you can explain it to them as a savings technology, right? You can explain to them that, Hey, listen, a plumber or an electrician shouldn't have to go and play the casino to keep his life savings, right? Like the the stock market is essentially the casino Mm -hmm. for your life savings. Bitcoin allows that person to opt out of that. So, it really depends on who it is that I'm talking to. Now, depending on which one of those people becomes interested and decides to go to the next level, then I start talking about deeper things. There's, there's, in my eyes, there is zero use of wasting my energy talking over somebody's head. It's I, I used to do it. It's completely irrelevant. It doesn't help. It. To me, it doesn't onboard people. People want to hear what they want to hear. And, and this is kind of one of the things about, uh, and I'm not a good, I don't consider myself a good salesman, but this is one of those things where it's like, you may want to tell somebody something about Bitcoin. Like you may really want them to know this, but guess what? They don't give a fuck. They're not hearing you. They don't give a shit. <laughs> they want to hear what they want to hear about Bitcoin. Okay. So tell them the story the way they want to hear it. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, and to be perfectly honest, right. That kind of goes back to an old saying. You get more bees with honey than vinegar. Right. right? Like it's like, it's like, that's, that's the whole thing. Now, of course, somebody can shit on me and be like, well, you're a toxic maximalist. And like that scares people away. No, what I'm doing is warning people away from shitcoin scams and people who look at that as a bad thing. they're just wrapped in their own fucking hopium and don't realize that they're circle jerking themselves. So
0: it's interesting. The Bitcoin Maximus that I've spoken to, and there are many, are some of the nicest people I've ever spoken to
1: about anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. As long as you're not trying to scam them. Like it's, wow. Oh, what a terrible, you know, what a horrible person, (laughs) you know, like somebody who acts normal when they're not, when somebody's not trying to take advantage of them, but then gets upset. When someone's trying to scam and calls them out, what a freak, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, I mean, this is such, and and don't get me wrong. That is such, uh, it's going to sound mean, but it is just, that is fucking woke, weak shit. Okay. Like when you, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but like growing up when I grew up, I, and I'm sure it was worse for the older generations, man, nobody gave a shit about your feelings, man. Like nobody sat there and was like, like there was no, like the, you know, the bus monitor is going to stop everyone. like, those kids are going to kick your ass on the bus. Okay. Like that, that's all that's going to happen. Those kids that are making fun of you, they're going to make fun of you. You're either going to stand up for yourself or they're going to make fun of you till the end of time. That's all there is to it. So it, it's not that tough to get somebody to shut up, you know, like, and and, and that's kind of like, I feel like today there's just a bunch of wieners. You know, like all of these people, they're, they're they're just they're just afraid, you know. And and it's like, no, you got to be you 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 have to embrace all these ideas. But this idea is a blatant scam. Uh, well, it's we don't want to hurt his feelings, you know. He's he's building something after all. <laughs> well, really, what's he building? Like what, what what's he building? A house from scamming you? It's like so so what? Like that that's that's retarded shit. You know, like I'm sorry, like that that's ridiculous ridiculous line of thinking and all it does all it really is okay if you want to break it down is a person validating their own scam that's all it is they're, they're sitting there and they're like i'm a scammer so that's okay because essentially another thing that we do is we we put ourselves in that person's position and think well i would want somebody to take it easier on me well why not just be, not be a fucking scammer and then you don't have to end up in that position and you don't have to be a piece of crap do you know what i mean How about that
0: You know, it takes so much less time and energy expenditure to not scam people. You know, it's literally conservation of energy. Just like, it's easier to not be an asshole than to just, nice costs nothing, right? (laughs)
2: That's
0: right. (laughs) Being an asshole costs a heck of a lot. And just maybe like other people, you, all the rest. The thing that blows my mind about sort of the current you know uh and we are talking western centric kind of climate is is the lack of accountability, you know, and it just really winds me up that people perpetually get away with these weak, scammy behavior, and no one calls them out for it, and if you call someone out for it, oh, you're ruffling feathers or you you know this, that, and the other, and it's like no, they are blatant son of
2: a bitch, and you need to just point them out to the fact that that's what they are. Yeah. That's...
1: Exactly. And of course, you're you're always going to get backlash from that behavior. You know, because of course, there's there's the supporters of that behavior. And it's... uh, It's a tough situation. It, It really is. You know... Also, the other thing is nobody wants to hear that they've
2: been taken advantage of. Right. Right? Like, nobody wants to know that they've been taken advantage of. They'd rather just think that, like, it's all good.
0: Yeah, there's another soul quote that comes to mind. Something like it's easy to convince someone... Uh, something... Goddamn, I'm going to butcher that. It You know, like then to to show them that they've they've actually been scammed. It's easier to scam someone yeah. than it is to show them that they've been scammed or something like that.
2: Um, yeah,
1: exactly, you know. exactly. And it's true. It it is totally true. And especially so. This is where like you have like a bunch of like psychological things that come in, right? You have like the Dunning Kruger effect, right, where where people think because they're good mm-hmm. at one thing, they're you know they're able to master or have mastered something else. And then of course you also have sunk cost bias, right, where you just, well, you've put so much into this. You can't back out now. So th- there's a bunch of people that will sit there and shill you absolute garbage. And they're underwater like 90%. But it's like they, they have no choice but to shill it to you. It's really strange. It's like because they've sunk so much of their life into it, they have no choice but to, but to shill you this crap. So it's... Ugh it's just such a mess. And, and, and honestly, when you go take a look at all of these projects, they're all run by the same companies. It's all a 16 Z Pantera capital, Multicoin cap. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's all the same grifting players that pretend that they're innovating and pushing the envelope and making the world a better place, it's, right? All these people are all making the world a better place. So why is it so crappy? If it's such a better place, Like if you're making the world a better place, why is it not better? Why is it that Bitcoin actually is making the world a better place? And there's nobody to thank. Well, actually the person or entity that we could thank, we don't know. So.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I know, man. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. nuts. Phil, this is awesome. It's been a long riff. I uh, apologize for uh, taking up a little bit more of your time. I, Actually no. didn't um yeah, I I like to just riff along until until the, the conversation peters out. I've heard um a few other pods where, you know, it's just it's like the talking heads on the on the T V are like thirty seconds a minute and that's too short. Half an hour you're kinda just warming up. Um, I'm certainly not, don't have the stamina of a Rogan where you can go for three hours and not even want to take a piss. That's insane. (laughs) insane. But dude, it's just, it's just been a real joy actually, just to have you on and just talk about all this stuff. Because as I said, I've, I've watched you on the, on the screen and all the rest of it. And to have you connect, um, like literally talking to you in real life is just a lot of fun for me anyway. And as always said the the pod (laughs) is as much about a little bit of therapy for myself just to kind of chat to other Bitcoiners and get that confirmation bias that I'm not an insane, um, psychopathic retard or something. It's, uh, it's, Uh it's pleasant, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, look, we might be a little crazy. We might be a little crazy, but it doesn't mean we're wrong. And we, and you know what? (laughs) It's okay. Even if we're wrong, we're still right about Bitcoin. (laughs) Hmm. Thank you so much for having me on uh, on your show man. I'm like I said at the beginning when we started I'm I'm humbled man. I really appreciate it. The, the, this was a lot of fun.
2: <laughs> Just... <laughs>